Hi everyone, this is Sophia. Um, welcome to my podcast. I'm going to be doing a brief discussion today about just eating and eating habits. Um, I came across a diet tips sheet in um, some old Word file. I remember I, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine had approached me and asked me, how do I um, stay slim or what tips would I have to give or offer um, as far as diet, etc. So I compiled a list. I'm sorry, and I'd like to go through uh, the list right now with you briefly. Uh, these are little tidbits that I have been living by essentially over the years. Uh, things that I practice or discovered even before I became a medical professional. Okay, so here we go. I just want to get into it. Uh, the first item on the list is sugar. Avoid it like the plague. And for the mere reason is for the fact that it really ages you. It ages your body. And the first sign is uh, compromised skin integrity, um, i.e. wrinkles or age spots. Um, sugar, your sugar intake should essentially never exceed nine grams <clears throat> it should be nine or less and if you are at the nine mark or if you find something that you really want to have that's at the nine uh, gram mark then my recommendation is to only consume half and maybe give the other half to a friend or save it for later because it's just that damaging to the system um, what happens when you ingest a lot of sugar off the body cannot um, digest all of the sugar, what it does is stay, it literally stays in the bloodstream and it um, creates an enzyme called AGES, A-G-E-S. The acronym for the enzyme is A-G-E-S. And that is responsible for the damage that the increased sugar um, wreaks in the body overall, over a period of time. Um... If you need to drink anything, you know, that you that requires sugar like tea, herbal tea or something like that, or even coffee, my recommendation is a plant-based sugar like stevia. Um, that's a that's the best thing ideally on the market. I believe the company that has the best or the most desirable um composition or you know of uh the stevia is a company called Sweet Leaf. Also, on um, Dr. Seabee, I don't know if you've ever heard of a Dr. Seabee. He's not literally a doctor, but he did his own research and all that. And he recommends um, the raw agave because it doesn't um, spike the glycemic index or spike your blood sugar in layman terms. It also um, is very alkaline. Um, the body does well in a very alkaline environment versus acidic. Um, the more alkaline you are, the healthier you are. Moving right along. Um, after a meal, I was asked if it was wise to drink anything cold or room temperature. My answer is no. It should never be cold. And for this reason... When you consume a meal, um, whatever fat or, or rather oils that was used to prepare the meals, um, when you drink something cold, 
Um, it causes the body to do a lot of excess work. To it has the it has to warm up the fluid essentially that you just the cold fluid that you just took in, and it, that's gonna uh, increase your metabolic rate, which isn't a bad thing, but it also mobilizes a lot of the metabolic processes required by the body to get the work done to cool the um, cold drink. But moving right along, um, it's a bad idea to drink any, anything cold after a meal because whatever oils that were used to prepare that meal will solidify with the cold. And the solidify means that it would, it's going to harden. And those hard deposits are going to adhere themselves to the walls of your colon as well as... Um, the walls of your arteries, believe it or not, ergo the word plaque. So think twice before you, you know, ingest something cold after a meal. Also, I mean, if you have to have something to drink, it's best to have um, something hot like coffee or tea. Okay, uh, moving right along. It's good to, you know, train yourself to drink a glass of water before every meal, even before you, if you've been up, when you wake up in the morning, the first two hours should not pass without you uh, consuming a glass of water. Before you go to bed at night, you should, or even shower, take a shower, you should have a glass of water. It just does the body so good. Um, it's even better if you throw in a wedge of lime in the water mix because the lime or lemon acts like a detoxifier, you know, but... Um, I'm a big advocate of drinking a glass of water before each meal and for this reason. The water gently wakes the body up and prepares the body for the food that's gonna follow, okay? And the other good thing about water, especially if you have more than a glass of it, it's gonna prevent you from overeating. It's a clever little way to prevent you from overeating, so consider that. Um, the third item on the list, do not consume anything heavy or, well, after 6.30 p.m. Um, water's okay or big green salad, you know, with a protein at best if you're hungry, okay, and absolutely need to eat, you know, especially on those days when you've missed a meal. But ideally, um, your body... <clears throat> or your gastrointestinal tract is on fire, literally. I hear the Ayurvedics and the um, food gurus talk about how it's best to eat between the hours of 12 noon and 3.30 in the afternoon. Why? Because the, gas the, the gastrointestinal system is literally on fire. It's at its peak. It's going to work its best to extract the um, nutrients from your food and metabolize it from start to finish. Okay, so it's best to consume meals during that time frame. Uh, my cutoff is 6.30. Um, but usually, um, I'll probably consume maybe two meals tops in the day. I can literally survive on just one meal, one solid meal a day. And it's a good meal too. And I mean 
a really, really good meal. And I usually start with maybe a fruit juice. Like I blend it myself. You know, I get a bunch of fruit, um, get some coconut water, throw it in the Nutribullet, add some chia seeds and whatever other goodies, kale. And I blend it up and I drink a glass of that. And that's a, that's a meal replacement, essentially. You know, and um, it fills me up so much. I guess the um, chia seeds, which is protein and fiber, it has a really high fiber content and protein content. You know, and the <clears throat> fruit is water-based, so that adds to the mix to keep you sate for a few hours, you know. So um, that's something I've lived by for years. <laughs> but um, it's a good thing to consider. Um, also, um, when you consume fruit, fiber, nuts, like I told you, you should have um, nuts or use chia seeds in the mix. Or if you're not, you know, uh, blending it to, you know, consume it as a drink, you should, if you're just having fresh fruit, it's always wise to have the fruit with maybe nuts or some fiber element. Um, maybe you could sprinkle some grape nuts or even use the chia seeds on top. Okay. Um, for the reason being that it's going to neutralize fiber or any form of protein will, uh, I wouldn't say any, venture to say any form of protein, but protein, uh, like protein-based items like the chia seed, um, the walnuts or just nuts, period, on a whole, it's going to prevent any rise in the glycemic in index. Uh, make no mistake, um, fruit does have its own sugar. It carries its own sugar. So having fruit in and of it, you know, by itself is going to, will cause a spike. <laughs> and it won't or it will level off quicker if you use the um, protein or fiber or both. Okay. Uh, the other thing is, if you have a if you're gonna have a meal and what is it like a full what a four course meal where you have fruit at the beginning or what have ideally you should have fruit before your meal you should not it's not advisable to consume fruit after a meal for the um reason being that fruit also has enzymes and if you consume fruit after a meal it will the enzymes in the fruit will cause the food that you just consumed to rot literally rot and um, pay attention if you do this pay attention to the quality and the scent of the gas that you pass next time okay so um ideally if you're gonna have a meal a main course plus maybe fruit and dessert afterward it's i it's best to have the fruit first and then your main course and depending upon what the dessert is sometimes they serve fruit with the dessert or just fruit by itself so i mean if you've if you had fruit with the green salad or something like that before the meal maybe it's a good idea to just forego the fruit 
in the dessert. Or maybe you could just have, if it's cake or something like that, you could just do the cake by itself, a couple of pieces or a couple of mouthfuls. Okay, the next item on the list. Oh, always gravitate to colorful foods. I don't know why I feel so listless tonight. Maybe tonight wasn't a good idea, a good time actually to um, have a podcast about food. I don't know what it, what it is. Maybe I'm getting hungry or <laughs> maybe I need to eat. I don't know. But it's always best to gravitate to colorful foods, fruits and vegetables included. They're high in antioxidants and antioxidants are essential in our diets. It helps fight off free radicals and other cancer-forming cells. You got to keep in mind that everything you take in, your body has to go to work to metabolize it. Okay, it, um, the process is usually digestion, absorption, oxidation, reduction. It's, it's an entire process that goes on that you can't see. But that entire process causes, um, um, well, it lets off harmful byproducts, okay, from digestion that isn't always eliminated from your body. So as a result, if it builds up, then disease will occur. And you, you don't want to do that. So um, the more colorful your plate is, the better it is for you, okay? So your diet should always look colorful, <laughs> you know, and as far as food choices, you should always look for non-hybrid foods. The body responds best to whole foods that have not been engineered by man. I just realized black beans recently is hybrid. It's cloned from something else. So is corn. So I don't do much of either. Um, there's a lot of information online about hybrid and non-hybrid foods. Uh, please uh, take a look at it and expand your knowledge where that's concerned. Um, more isn't always best. Um, if you're gonna have nuts or seeds, it should not, the amount that you're gonna con ingest should not exceed the palm of your hands. Uh, pay attention to the signals your body gives after certain foods um, you take in and let that be your guide. I think most of us all, well, most of us, we should know now that most all white foods are not good for you because they're processed or cured to look that way. And you want to stay away from anything that's processed, foods with nitrates or anything that's pasteurized. Um, foods with nitrates would be like, um, what is it, turkey, like those cold cuts, um, turkey bacon, because the nitrates are used, it's a preservative. It's used to prolong the shelf life of foods. Well, those things, let me say. And they usually have a very salt, salty base, very salt-based. So be careful. Um, and pasteurization is, that, that word is in and of itself a process that takes place. It, uh, they pasteurize the milk, cheese, and most dairy products for consumption. And that pasteurization process is not pretty. Um, it's best to use like the almond beverage or coconut milk. Those are better choices. Um, no wheat grass, chlorophyll products. Human, humans can't digest grass. Leave that for the cows. 
And keep in mind that cows, look at the size of them, and they don't eat meat. They feed on what? The grass, okay? And look at how big they get. Yeah, but uh, no wheat, no grass. Uh, no goji berries or seeds from the tomatoes. They're harmful to the body for the reason being that they contain lectins. And lectins, I believe it's an enzyme as well too. I'm not sure. I don't. My memory doesn't serve me right now. Um, but please go ahead and look it up. Check me. But I know for a fact that lectin causes, um, the spelling on that is L-E-C-T-I-N-S. It causes um, endothelial or stomach tissue and colon dysfunction slash damage. They can literally um, burn holes or create holes or compromise the integrity of your gastrointestinal tract. So you don't want to consume anything that will um, or has the possibility or the capability of doing that. Uh, the other item is to stay away from soy or soy products. Um, they're not all bad, but um, they cause infertility long-term, um, cancer, reproductive organ damage, and they deplete your energy. As a man, you should avoid soy products as because they're... <laughs> considered pseudoestrogens. They thwart the work of the thyroid and they kind of make you, as a man, develop, um, what is it called, gynecomastia. It makes you develop man boobs because of that um, pseudoestrogen uh, byproduct. So um, stay away from it. Wine, there is um, a protocol for wine intake uh, please refer to the American Heart Association recommend, recommendations. Yes, the American Heart Association is the authority where this is concerned and the, and the information does exist. I believe that it's okay to have a, a glass of wine after dinner at night, but not don't consume the entire bottle. I think for men, the allotment is a little greater than it is for women. If my memory serves me correctly, I believe that the wine intake for a woman um, during a single sitting is maybe a swig. And I'm talking a mouthful, <laughs> okay? But um, the information's out there. I encourage you to read. Um, the next item on the list. Um, I need to tell you that protein is the bedrock of every meal. It's responsible for tissue growth, repair, regenerations. <clears throat> so um, protein is essential. If you're thinking of gravitating to a vegan lifestyle, then you must substitute the protein that you are no longer eating, like the animal protein, whether it's chicken, turkey, beef, etc. And you can accomplish that with um, plant-based items like hemp, hemp seeds, uh, shogram, amaranth, mushrooms, protein shakes, bars, and other protein alternative foods. Um, mushrooms are excellent as well, too. Mushrooms, believe it or not, research studies have been done that shows that they um, carry or they inc can increase your vitamin D levels. They're full of all kinds of excellent minerals, uh, magnesium, selenium, um, potassium. It's really, really um, a good food. Plus, it has um, protein. Okay, and there are many more out there.
uh, garbanzo beans is my um, staple bean because it's a complete plant protein. I use it um, with other um, plant items, plant-based items to complement or to, you know, uh, make a full meal. Um, to continue uh, quickly, I've been on the here for about 20 minutes already, but I didn't mean to stay so long. But the other good thing to do is afflict your soul sometimes with cyclic fasting, uh, whether it's a dry fast, a Daniel fast, which is um, what the churches, um, it's in the book, it's a scripture, you could look further into a Daniel fast. Or just do a liquid fast. I think the Daniel fast is certain foods, fruits, vegetables, etc. But um, it's available. I, food items that are consistent with a Daniel fast is available online, and it's a lot of the. Um, it's in a lot of the uh, church outlets or scriptural. You know faith-based outlets, I suppose. Um, feel free to mis mix up the fasting. Like I said, um, I pretty much do a self... I, I realized that I was fasting pretty much when I stop eating, you know, in the evenings from 6.30 and then I don't eat again until the next day between maybe 12 and 4, even later than that. Sometimes it's 1, 2, you know, but I, there are... I reserve maybe five and a half hours during the day to just eat solids. Other than that, um, not eating at all. And fasting is good. It's a good thing because it will allow the body to reset itself by um, self-cleansing. It undergoes a detoxification process internally. And it does... Um, you will incur some incidental um, weight loss with it. I'm not suggesting that you do it for that purpose. Um, the benefits of fasting are many. Um, it reduces the blood sugar as well, too. As a matter of fact, I believe it's being used now in the treatment or management <clears throat> of diabetes. So it's a good thing to um, consider. Um, once you're fasting for about 18 to 24 hours, um, autophagy kicks in. I'm trying to give an explanation as to why you might incur weight loss with a fast. And it's for this reason. You're not um, consuming any solids for 18 to 24 hours. Your body, <clears throat> what it does, it will eat up all um, the carbs, the starches, and then it would um, start attacking the fats last. So Pretty much um, when it starts, you know, using the fat um, in your body as fuel, that's where the, when the weight loss um, occurs, okay? It's also beneficial for spiritual atonement. So pray, get, it helps you to get closer to God. Um, moving right along, the best oils for cooking and frying. Grapeseed oils is best as well as avocado and coconut oils. And the reason being is because the, the best choice for these oils are the unrefined and 100% pure. No additional ingredients should be added. It should be 100% grapeseed oil, 100% avocado oil, 
or coconut oil and it should be unrefined. Unrefined is a fancy word to mean not processed, okay? The reason why these oils are best for cooking slash frying is because they have high heat or hot points. And that simply means that they will not change their composition under heat. So all of the nutritional benefits will remain intact and you will get them, okay? And it's, well, your body, it's beneficial for the body after cooking. So um, again, the three main oils are grapeseed oil, avocado, and coconut oils. And again, it should be 100% pure. Usually um, when other oils um, are heated, um, and if they tend to change, they, they, if, they, if and when they change, they will change their composition because these things have been tested, the research has been done, and it's available to you as the consumer. It's, it's online. You could look it up. But if an oil has the ability to change its competition, then composition, I'm sorry, under heat, then it's going to release free radicals. And what does free radicals do? I mentioned that earlier. It causes cancer. It wreaks havoc in the body. So we want to avoid anything that has the ability to do that. Okay? Um, again, I didn't get this information from school. Again, it's from my own research. And I encourage you to do your own exploration. Keep learning. It will keep dementia at bay. Um, that's all I have to offer now. But um Hope this information blesses you, and may God bless and keep you. Godspeed. Shalom. Hi. Come on in, take a seat. My name is Sophia, and welcome to my podcast. Today, I just want to talk to you about uh, consistency. Uh, the word in itself, con- uh, based, the root word actually is consistent, but consistency. I'm going to pose a question, and the question goes, how would you rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 when you conduct a self-examination on the subject of consistency? 1, 0 to 1 meaning you're not, you, you don't even think about consistency, you don't consider yourself consistent with anything. Um, let's say midpoint at five, um, sometimes you're consistent and then the other times you're not, but you really haven't given it much thought. Uh, you feel as if you can get to work and to get to school on time, that that is your benchmark of being consistent. And then 10 being, hey, I'm walking in rhythm. (laughs) You got it going on. You're successful. You're all of that. But anyway, um, to continue, when I think of the word consistent, I personally think of someone or a situation that's steady, um, 
reliable, um, uh, someone that has integrity or a situation that's full of integrity. Uh, what else? Consistent. You hit the mark each time. Um, you're batting at 100, literally. I'm going to um, come up with or try to find the definition of consistency online. And we're going to use a online definition, consistency. And here it goes. All right, so it says conformity hmm. in the application of something. Typically, that which is necessary for the sake of logic, accuracy, or fairness. Hmm. And then the other, the second definition is the way in which a substance, typically a liquid, holds together, thickness or viscosity. Okay. Well, let's look up. Similar words are evenness, steadiness, stability, yeah, constancy. Regularity, uniformity, equilibrium, unity, orderliness, orderliness. Why is that difficult for me to say? Lack of change, lack of deviation, dependability, reliability. Hmm. A few of the words that I called out. But yeah, consistency, I think it's a big deal. Um, when I think of consistency, I um, equate it with a certain level of success or um, victory, uh, prominence. Uh, when I think of victory the word or consistency, I think of athletes who get paid a lot of money to perform in games, big games. Um, <clears throat> I think of CEOs, CNOs, CFOs, leaders of companies who developed a certain type of behavior and a mindset over a period of time. And that behavior and mindset um, ushered in the reward of being called or being get being able to acquire titles like CFO, CNO, or just a president, or even vice president. I mean, it's a big deal. But these are people, uh, really self-driven people who um, keep their eye on the mark and never let, uh, uh, well, very seldom, let me say, fall short of it. You know, um, I had a pastor who said to me once that um, he he quoted. He said, "You can reach for perfection, but you can. It's okay to catch excellence." Because um, his point was that none of us are perfect, and we all fall short. And you know, a lot of the times when we just continue to strive to be perfect or for perfection that we reach or we might catch excellence, which is still top-notch, whether it's um, a certain work, a body of work that you put forward or a certain action, just 
your modus operandi. There's some people who are literally in medicine, there's a term for them. It's that they're type A personalities. They um, they just function on adrenaline. <laughs> That's their baseline. You know, they have to have everything in order, eyes dotted, T's crossed, literally across the board in every situation. Maybe you know someone like that. I'd like to know your definition of consistency. Just take a few moments and just ponder that thought. And what does, ask yourself, what does um, consistency look like for you? For me, I believe that consistency is clarity of process, clarity of mind uh, driven by process. I believe that it takes time for anyone, some people less time than others, but um, I believe it takes time to become consistent or to realize consistency in your life or one's life, let me put it that way. Um, It's usually the bridge between whatever reality it is that we're in right now versus a vision, a dream, uh, a goal, something that we want to achieve in the future. And that process or uh, diligence on our part or one's part towards reaching that goal or to realizing that success or victory is mandated on what you do today and each and every day going forward before you realize that success. And I submit that there is um, many levels of consistency. When I think of people who exemplify um, consistency, I think of the likes of Michael Jordan. I think of uh, Kobe Bryant. I think of uh, Steve Jobs. When I heard his story, I thought that was a quite compelling story. Also, um, the Amazon founder, creator, um, Jeff Bezos. Yes, he's worth, I think, almost 800 and something billion dollars. It's like, how is that possible for one person to realize that wealth in a lifetime? You know, and he's self-made. I heard or read somewhere that his business or the business of Amazon came to him early on and he um, started hammering away inside his garage, the garage at his house. So um, I would say that that is definitely that behavior, whatever it was that he did was definitely a behavior that led to the realization and the success of Jeff Bezos' business or vision of becoming 
the founder and chairperson, the he's the reason and the brains behind Amazon's success being what it is today. Um, as a matter of fact, his um, business plan is being copied all over the world. I believe a similar operation opened in China that is doing very well. I forget the name of that um, company, but um, I believe the uh, owners or founders made a few visits to the United States and it was in the, it was news. It had become news. That's how I got wind of it. But um, yeah, I I think I think about <clears throat> the journey that it took. The likes of Jeff Bezos, uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Can you imagine the work that they put in? I mean, I was watching a documentary about the life of. Um, Michael Jordan, when he started out playing basketball and, you know, he wasn't very good. And there was a there's a lot of clips and a lot of footage with his you know, basketball years uh, during high school. And um, he lost quite a bit. He fell short quite a bit. But his determination and his love for the game I guess, ordered his steps to help him become what he was, the legend that he had become, or the name, the legendary name and that he made for himself in basketball. You know, he was just amazing. The guy looks, a few times, he looked to me as if he was flying in the air, literally, <laughs> and dunking basketballs, you know, in the net. It's It's amazing, but... Who are you called to be? Who are you created to be? What are you created to do? Uh, I know that there are um, levels, again, of consistency. And I would say the first level is being in touch with what it is that you want to do or the vision that you have or one would have, and hammering out that vision on a day-to-day basis, hoping and just having a certainty or just knowing that one day that vision will come become a reality. You know, a lot of times our visions or our dreams, it's they seem easy, you know. They're there, we know... Uh, certain details about it and we hammer away. I know if me personally, I try to do as much as, as I can do on a day-to-day basis, at least one or two things geared towards a certain vision that I may have for myself, whether it's in business or relationship. And um, I would say that it takes time, that nothing happens fast. Um there are a lot of things that you, it's difficult to coordinate or put together all at once based on a dream, you know. Um, the consistency or the day-to-day is the development. It's actually the process, as far as I'm concerned, as towards, you know, realizing the dream.
while making the dream become reality one day. So the process, I, well, the process is day to day, hands down. It's day to day. It's sorting out the things that you feel you need to get through. It takes time, you know, and you have to be able to get through and navigate a lot of distractions and things that might, you know, get in the way of you uh, staying the course, so to speak. But um, consistency would be a demonstration that it would be a demonstration of that rhythm, regardless of the distractions. You've become astute or you've mastered any or possible distraction. And your rhythm is so much, though, we used to have a slang back in the day. It, uh, I think they said tight. The term was tight. You know, she's got her game on tight or he's got her his game on tight. He's got it on lock. It was a a slang or slangwidge, if you will. But, um, yeah, it's a flow, you know, that usually people do on the day-to-day. I'm sure for Michael, the likes of Michael Jordan, a famous basketball player, for those who do not know, he his legacy is his greatness, how great he became. And that was a result of the day-to-day Every time we saw him playing these games, especially in the playoffs and, you know, his performance, you could rely on him making at least, what, 30 points a game if a basket, in basketball. I believe um, for the most part, most games, most basketball games, uh, both teams have the ability to acquire maybe 120, on the average about 100, 130 points per game, you know, and it's incredible when one person can step up to the plate and take credit for a third of those points. That's, That's amazing. That's quite telling. And I believe it says a heck of a lot about consistency or just being consistent adhering to the process, adhering to the day-to-day, doing what you got to do day-to-day. And that requires um, sacrifice. It requires dedication. It requires one to have quite a bit of confidence in the dream or the goal uh, that they have or that picture of success that's being worked uh, towards. So it's pretty powerful. Um, There is a, I believe it's in Proverbs uh, 24, 16, but it says, a righteous man falls seven times before getting back up on the right path, pretty much. Uh, I believe that's what the scripture says in a nutshell, but 
it, it's true. I I can really <laughs> identify with this um, scripture because it really speaks volumes about people who get up every day with a that certain vision, you know, and the actions that they take upon getting up, the steps they take, um, the rhythm that they've acquired or put into place um, over the months or over the days or years that eventually, you know, lead up to providing their diligence. You know, because for every process, we've determined there is a, a certain level of dedication and sacrifice. So um, let me just read uh, Proverbs twenty four sixteen. It reads, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Yeah, so from that scripture alone, it pretty much talks about not quitting for Anybody to realize some level of consistency. You don't quit. You got to hang in there. You got to stay the course. You know, I've read a few other scriptures that, you know, um, should have addressed consistency. But in reading that, I didn't, I, in reading the scripture, I really didn't feel like it, you know, hit the mark or spoke to me about the word consistency. But um, I'll read you Matthew 6.24 that says, No man can serve two masters, either he will love one and hate the other, which is true. It's, I believe that it's difficult to realize success if you're, um, if you're divided or if you're conflicted or trying to choose between two paths or two things. You know, um, that's also key. So, um, in essence, the scripture and that the script, the other scriptures that I tried to cross reference, um, which was First Corinthians ten twenty one, Malachi three and six. Uh, I like that one, which um, states that for I, the Lord, do not change; therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Meaning that um, Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever, and that's Hebrew, Hebrews what thirteen eight meaning that he's not going to change just because uh, we fall short or do something that isn't pleasing, you know. Um, I believe that, you know, man may make his plans, but it is the creator, the divine that orders his steps. So, yeah, uh, big boy's always watching. (laughs) But yes, um, we fail or we fall short of the people who demonstrated or realizes consistency have once fallen short or maybe twice, three times, four times, seven times. I even heard a story um, the other day. Somebody, I don't know how it came up in conversation, but somebody was telling me about the man who had discovered the KFC recipe, Colonel Sanders, and how 
he believed so much in what he had as far as that chicken recipe. He was going door to door to try to see if he can get traction or some interest, a benefactor or something who could finance his idea. And I believe the story said that he went to over a thousand different people. And it was like that 1,001 person that he came across that he was able to um, realize um, some level of success. But um, that's a clear demonstration of consistency, of being consistent. It's impossible to fail. But... um, Yeah, there's so many layers to consistency, sacrifice, dedication, endurance, temperance, to be reliable, to keep your word. Yeah, to be seen as uh, reliable. Consistency. What does it mean to you? Who are you called and created to be? I think that consistency answers that question. I thank you for um, spending this time with me. Uh, Please send me your feedback or just let me know what your thoughts are on the consistency subject. Okay, thanks for joining me on the couch, the podcast past the podcast couch. Thanks. Godspeed.